Welcome to New You, Network for Empowering Women podcast. I'm your host, Christy Bells. Enjoy our array of talented, open-hearted guests and their willingness and courage to share their stories of second chances, life-changing choices, and new perspectives. We're here to uplift and empower you and your journey. I am so stinking excited about my guest today, Nikki Doherty. I met Nikki probably four or five years ago, maybe more, when she was networking, when she's building out her business called Nurture here in Denver. And I had heard about Nikki before this time. And what a incredibly badass woman she was. And then when I met her, I just had this instant love for her. And we've been on a little journey, haven't we, Nikki? We've uh, We've done a TED Talk together now. Um, you are featured in my book. And I'm just so delighted that you said yes to being with me today on New You, Network for Empowering Women. I'm um, really happy to be here. Thank you. You're so welcome. Oh, my gosh. So I want to just start with your story, Nikki. It's incredible where you came from and where you are and what you do. And yeah, we have some nuggets to talk about. But let's just share with our guests a little bit about Nikki, Dr. Nikki Doherty. Thank you, Christy. Well, I am currently here in Denver, Colorado. I have two kids and a husband and three pets. And I grew up in Massachusetts, uh, back east, and grew up in an interesting household that we'll probably touch upon. A lot of love, but a lot of chaos. And um, yeah, how's that? (laughs) (laughs) And then um, from high school, I went to Miami for college and I was commissioned after college into the army. Um, I did ROTC during college. And after my time in the military, I moved here to Colorado for my master's and doctorate and met my husband during that time and have been practicing physical therapy ever since and becoming a mom and all the good stuff. But in the meantime, I also started my love affair with startup and entrepreneurism. And that's sort of been always next to me alongside the other stuff. So I've owned a women's retreat business. I owned medical technology company that looked at biomechanics and movement impairments. And then most recently, about six years ago, a dear friend and then another friend and I started a business called Nurture here in Denver. And it's a wellness collective and it's a pretty cool spot. And then I have a small PT practice right now. So yeah, I'm kind of getting my hands on a lot of stuff, but I'm trying always to find good balance. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You're my fourth interview in this network for empowering women. And I just, it just blows my mind that women that I know and that I have been touched by and that are in my field, just remarkable. And you certainly are one of them. There's so much in there that I want to pull on. Like, amazing. You were in the army. You ran how many people? Like My last job, Christy, was um, as a company commander and I was I had a medical unit. So there were about 180 soldiers at any given time in that unit in all medical arenas, i.e. doctors, um, medics, like the whole smorgasbord. Uh And that was a really, I mean, as a young, early 20-something, getting to do that and work alongside 
you know, the best and brightest people I've ever had the opportunity to work with. Did you ever um, serve, Mickey? Did you go abroad or serve? Um, I did not in conflict, sure. Christy. No, not in conflict. I was down in Honduras. I was profis in a profis unit down in Honduras for a few months. But other than that, I was stateside the whole time, which, yeah. which it, we weren't in conflict at the time. We were just after Desert Storm. So it was just the timing of things. Yeah. I didn't have the opportunity, which is what it is, right? <laughs> How do you feel about that though, really? Like, did you, did you join the army thinking that you might see conflict? I mean, when I joined the army, I had, when I did ROTC, I was really attracted to the service component. I was really attracted to um, the camaraderie and the physical side standpoint. I've been a, kind of an athlete all my life. And I think I was so young that I didn't necessarily consider what service could look like. I thought in my head, I'm going to be in medical unit. So, you know, I'm always going to support. I'm never going to have to like be directly in the throes of combat. But you know, medical service corps officers, like, which was what I did, you know, had the potential to be in any situation in the military uh-huh. from, you know, a hospital all the way to front lines as a combat support hospital. So once I learned that it wasn't scary though, because at the time I just, I loved it. Uh-huh. I absolutely loved it. So it seemed like the right thing to do for me. Yeah. Well, impressive. And then obviously going on to get your doctorate degree and just finishing that through and starting your PT business and then nurture. Talk a little bit more about nurture because I just think that is a fascinating idea of co-working. Yeah, I mean, Chrissy, you know, I think a lot of providers and clinicians have sort of had this idea over the years. I think Peter and Kelly and I just said yes. And essentially it is a very large wellness center Uh We have about 60 providers in the space from like in all disciplines from massage to Reiki to functional medicine and beyond. We have two fitness studios, a full recovery space, a cafe that's amazing. It's called Nest. We run some events in retail. So it's kind of a whole self wellness center. So you can come, we call it home for the whole human. And we also have a membership arm of the business now where people come as members and they get um, specific benefits with the membership, including fitness and food and camaraderie and community events. So yeah, we've like continued to evolve and pivot the business as time goes on. We opened in COVID, Christy. Of course you did. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Hey, we're going to talk more about nurture and put it in the show notes. So, that, and we'll talk at the end about how people can connect with you and learn more. But nurture is really a remarkable concept and idea, and I'm so proud of you for making that happen. Because, as you said, a lot of people had that idea, but you were the one that manifested and created such a beautiful space. Unfortunately, there's only one, and it's in Denver. For anybody that's listening outside of the Denver area, but um, yeah, it's just one of the other accomplishments that Nikki Doherty has has done. So, Nikki, we have to talk about um, your mania and what happened. Yeah. So, I don't even know how many years ago now, Christy, but I think I was in a pretty traumatic childhood. I think it's important to give a little backstory. Of course. Um, you know, my parents were wonderful, but the setting I lived in was was with another person that was pretty violent and really dysregulating. And so, I think... There was a familial mental health history, but I do think that I developed bipolar disorder 
to protect and save my life. I see, I truly believe that had I not had that method or tool, I probably would have been dead either by suicide or, and I don't say this lightly, but, no, no. Um, but, or, or abuse. I just don't know. But the mania helped protect me really well. And for many, many years, as you can probably tell, like everybody just said, oh, that's Nikki, right? Like that's just Nikki. She's just, she runs 50 milers and she runs two businesses and blah, blah, blah. And I don't think a lot of people identified it with pathology, although in retrospect, I think a lot of us realized it was. Uh -huh. um, but it helped me do what I did, right? So it's partially just part of my life journey and I have gratitude for it in some ways. But about five years ago, I was away on a retreat, my business, we were trying to merge with another retreat company. And I had had like five major losses in like six weeks. Uh -huh. um, two deaths. My mom got sick, was in the ICU, had surgery. Like all of these things happened just prior to the retreat. And I was a person that was such a pleaser back then that I didn't say, look, I can't do this. Uh -huh. Nevertheless, I went and within 24 hours, I had a full psychotic break and don't remember a lot of that time. Really only remember waking up in a hotel room in a puddle of tears, not knowing what happened, feeling like super guilty because I let people down, you know, just the whole rigmarole. Uh -huh. Just so much shame and fear, right? Christy, like it's just... Or a situation like scary. that. Oh my gosh, how scary. Yeah. And sad. Like I would never, you know, I have some sadness around hurting people I love, you know, there, but it was a mental health break. It wasn't intentional as you right. know. And I lost three good days of my life. I don't remember any of it. I remember like momentary snapshots, only a few. So uh -huh. I had the break. And then, as I said, I kind of dropped back down <laughs> and came to the planet, but really low, low, low below the planet and had a severe depression for like seven days because of everything and the fallout. It was a mess. Yeah. Um, Did you have any support around that time? I mean, my husband, Mark, was good. I wasn't in therapy at the time. You know, I just didn't, I guess I was in so much denial around it. I had no idea. And I, you know, Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Like, I believe therapy is like something everyone should be able to have access to and do. It's, it's so important. But I just was on this high of mania that I could take care of everything. Uh -huh. And so when I came back, I have a good friend, Tara Shaw, who's a licensed clinical social worker. And I called her because she's a trauma-informed therapist. And I called her and I said, look, like this thing happened. I'm terrified. And she referred me to a therapist like that week. And uh -huh. I spoke to Chris and she didn't diagnose per se, but she was like, I think that you may have bipolar and referred me to a psychiatrist. And we just kind of got the show on the road, but it was, you know, it was a process. It was a multi-step process to get there, to get help. Uh -huh. And that was scary. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds like you had a network of friends that were able to support you. You know, a lot of times, there aren't those resources and uh, available, particularly, you know, for some major mental health disorders. So mm -hmm. thank God you had some resources of people and, you know, 
and the resources to be able to get the help that you needed. Absolutely. That's like, I hope for our system that people will eventually have full access to this care no matter what, because I think it would really make such a difference from a yeah. huge standpoint from our, from our culture, our, com- our country. But yeah, I was very lucky. I actually also had a dear friend whose cousin was an entrepreneur similar to me, and he had been di- diagnosed with bipolar, which helped soften the blow because at the time that diagnosis sounded so scary to me, <laughs> right? You know, you have these ideas in your head and what we see in media and TV, you know, all of it, you think of one thing and it's just not always that thing. Right. You right. know? Yeah. Big deal. Big, big deal. Mm-hmm. And I have to say to you, love, that I am so blown away. And I think I wrote this in the intro to the book when you share your story on the TED stage that sitting and listening to you and really knowing as a social worker myself, the vulnerability it took for you to get on a TED stage and to share your story and, you know, how empowering that is for people. There's people out there that need to hear your story, Nikki, because you have the strength to be able to do it and to tell it. And if one person hears some ounce of their experience in your story, that makes a huge amount of difference. So yeah, your vulnerability and your willingness to show up courageously and talk about you know, the diagnosis and the process that you go through with somebody with bipolar disorder. So, yeah. Thank you. I mean, I I do think that that's sort of my mission now, right, is to help not normalize, but like have people see that it looks so different than people might expect. It doesn't mean it's easy. And I will say like at least every week, if not most days, I have to consider it in my actions or words or whatever it is. Like I have to, it is a factor in my life always. Like Uh make sure you get enough sleep, take your meds. Oh, if you feel elevated, you probably need to take some medicine and go to sleep. Oh, but you have patience. Oh, was I a little snappy? You know, like you, you will eventually start to make yourself a little bit, put yourself in a tizzy. So you have to be really moderate about everything you kind of do. And I think, you know, for people that are listening, if somebody you love is suffering from a mental health disorder, grace for them, ensuring that they, reminding them that they need to have grace with themselves as well. And then learning as much as you can about the diagnosis. Uh-huh. So it's not as scary, I think, is really helpful. It's yeah. a really big, big deal for family and friends, you know, around. It's not easy. No, it's not. This is one of the most, this is a difficult, difficult mental health challenge. Do you have other people or circles of support that you share? I'm just curious if there's a network out there for people with bipolar to connect. It is so hard to find Uh to a point that I feel like I have a dear friend who runs a group of moms in recovery. Uh And I think... It's not the same thing, but it's a li- it's likened enough that I think it's appropriate just to be around a cohort of people that understand how hard it can be, no matter what it is. I yeah. think is valuable. Yeah. I've attended different groups for bipolar disorder that I could find in like in Denver and in Colorado. And unfortunately, my experience was very medication. It was very medication oriented about like, well, this med was making me feel this and this was this. And that was like more of the intention behind the groups. That's sort of where the groups 
went in terms of definition. Uh-huh. I think uh-huh. it is it is very difficult to find a group to a point that I think I want to, I'm going to start something when life is a little more quiet. Cause I do think there are so many people with bipolar who are next to you. People don't even realize what they're exactly. going through. Yeah. yeah. And we need each other, you know, we need each other. Hey babe, we got to take a break here. So we're just going to take a break and we'll be right back with Dr. Nikki Doherty. Hey, it's Christy Bells. Many of the people you meet on my podcast have participated in my course called Uproot. This 15-week course takes you through my transformational process of understanding your roots, what's down there in the dirt you're not looking at, reviewing your path and collecting the tools for life success. I would love to help you on your journey. Learn more about the Uproot course. Take my quiz and see where you might be stuck down there in the dirt and explore my transformational retreat opportunities at christybells.com forward slash uproot. All right, we are back with Dr. Nikki Doherty. Wow, I am just percolating over the thoughts here. You know, I'm a manifesting generator in human design, so I'm, I'm churning all the time and creating things. And the fact that you just said that you might start something in the way of a support group for bipolar, uh, people experiencing bipolar, it tingles inside of me. It makes me just think how cool that could be. So let's stay in touch on that. And yeah, people are going to be listening to this and we're going to tell them how to be in touch with you. So if that is meant to happen, we know it will. We'll just put it in the flow, right? Absolutely. As another manifesting generator. We are are powerhouses, man. Just about it and create it. If you don't know what human design is, it's a whole other tool that um, uh, if you haven't, you can go to humandesign.com, I think, and and look at it. It's, It's a pretty fun tool to learn about yourself more. So, all right, Nikki, let's talk about, you were just talking about, you know, the difficulties, but you are Really, you're running a business, you're a mom with two kids, you have your partner. Like, let's talk about your experience of uh, moving through these hard things and learning healthy communication and how to relate. You, you talked a little bit about self-care earlier, slowing mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just share. I mean, I, yeah. I think it's for me, um, first and foremost, it's about prioritization. One of the manifestations of my disease for me was like never saying no or and always explaining myself, always pleasing because that could keep me elevated because I could then maintain doing everything. I didn't really even know that. So for me saying, no, I can't, you know, and without a big explanation is really important. I think, you know, open communication, like at first with my kids, it was very awkward. They were younger. So to try to explain it to them was really, I don't think I did a very good job at it, but over the years and with them having therapy, I think my husband and I have worked really hard to not normalize, but normalize it enough to say like, look, doing absolutely everything we can for me to stay well and be well, and that there may be some challenges along the way, bumps and bruises. But at the end, the intention is always to stay balanced and healthy. Um, I think with work, particularly, I have so much I want to do. As you know, I write, I teach, I do nurture part-time, I treat, I own a PT business that I work kind of not that part-time anymore. 
I'm an active human being. And I think the hardest thing for me, Christy, is differentiating between who I am truly, this manifesting generator, creator, Uh who that is, and then my mania. Uh And differentiating and figuring out where does that, where to, when do I cross that line? Uh That's really interesting. Yeah, it's really tough. It's like something I have to reconcile a lot. Uh You know, I think... Right now, how do, you, how, how do you reconcile that? How do you pull that apart? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, my amazing therapist, Jennifer. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, awesome. Okay. Yeah, good yeah. to know. Thanks, I mean, Jennifer. She helps me. She well, helps me. And sometimes, I mean, I have really amazing friendships and relationships. So talk about like support. I really, I'm very lucky. I've lost some friendships to people that couldn't handle bipolar, is what I've heard a few times. Uh-huh. But what that did was open up the door for like this amazing, you know, group of people in my life Uh from my dearest, dearest friends of family, all the way to people that I know in community who just get me. And Uh that, that's a lot of value. And I mean, I've, you know, this about me, we're friends. Like I focus a lot on my kids right now Uh and really making sure it's a healthy and stable environment. Uh That, That is like my number one driver at at this stage in my um, healing. Yeah. Priorities, you know, that you used to say, you know, you can do it all. And I just read this somewhere. It says you can do it all, just not all at the same time. Right. I I think that's true. And raising kids and when they're young, you know, that's got to be the priority. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you got to put those kiddos first and make that happen. As somebody that's now an empty nester, I keep looking back thinking, shoo, how how did I do that? Right. Now I'm, I'm on the other side of it thinking it was hard. <laughs> it was really hard. Yeah. Being a mom is not an easy thing. Being a partner is not an easy thing. And, no. you know, dealing dealing with the mental health is not an easy thing. So a lot of complexity in your life and all of our lives, right? Oh, but, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think one thing, Chrissy, that's interesting is sometimes this may resonate with people. Sometimes, and it's not any one person, but it's just there's a blanket of it that makes it a little difficult and complex is sometimes people will also write you off if you are emphatic about something or, you know, the challenge sometimes is that the people will just be like, oh yeah, she's quote unquote being bipolar. I've had that experience a few times. That's really minimizing and really difficult. And I'm not saying that everybody has that experience, but I think sometimes when you have this thing, no matter what mental health challenge you may have or medical health issue, sometimes people can minimize it in ways. And I I empathize with people that are listening that that sometimes does happen. And for me, I simply just see it for what it is, try not to attach to it, work through it verbally and emotionally, and then try to just drive on because there are going to be people in the world that will do that and treat you that way. Uh-huh. And it's not yours. And you didn't no. do anything wrong. It's their own fear. And, 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 you know, I respect that. You know, I respect that. I get that it must be scary for other people to hear those you know, words. The thing that really pisses me off is how we label, like we label people, whether they're having a hard time, whether it's, you know, whether it's bipolar, whether it's um, alcoholism, whether it's obesity. I mean, we just live in this society, in this place, in this world where we have to label people. And I, that frustrates me. And and then we stigmatize it, right? Mental health is a stigmatized 
aspect of our society. And it just sucks that we can't, we can't listen to that. And, you know, in my work in Uproot, we talk a lot about resisting feeling things and how do we go, go around those things, the things that make us uncomfortable, right? We judge it, right? We do all sorts of stuff to go away from our own discomfort. So I love you saying that it really doesn't belong to you when people do that. And it still sucks. I mean, bullshit, actually. Totally. It does suck. I mean, I've had I've had three friends who have said, I just can't deal with that. And I get it. It could be a trigger from their own lives. And you have to let those situations like go. Those people are being honest. At least they're being honest, right? But I think, you know, like I've said in the TED Talk, like I have a disease. I'm not my disease. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I'm still me. And in fact, I would say I'm a way more better present whole me than I've ever been. Like, it's a journey, but I think I'm so much more thoughtful about how I live and my relationships and understanding what people like also need. Like my daughter, she really needs and thrives on like really good stability. Uh So trying to foster that at home and be so intentional. Like it's made me a better person to know that I have this and uh-huh. to work through it. I think, I think I feel like I'm a much more complete individual uh-huh. and always loving, but very different now. Uh-huh. Very wow. different. Very, very profound. All right. We're going to wrap up as much as I love to. I could just talk to you all day long. Um, <laughs> um, so I always love to ask my guests to share something with the audience that you feel like can help them, something you know, something you want to share that helps them be more powerful and authentic in their lives. That's something you'd like to share with our audience. I mean, I think a couple of the the tenets have already kind of come through. I think first and foremost, if you're trying to please other people, you're not helping anyone. You can't say yes. You can't say yes to three things in one afternoon, which is something I used to try to do. Honestly, like you're the people you love don't want that of you. They want you when it's available for you to be with them. And I think pleasing can get the best of you. It can almost create situation where there can be white lies and just things where it starts to challenge your own integrity. Uh-huh. So I think really working on being like so true to your word and um, impeccable with it and not trying to please and just being fully honest, like, Hey, uh-huh. I can't do that today. And, you know, as a clinician and for some people that are listening, you know, if you have like regular multiple meetings a day, you know, it's hard with a diagnosis like this because there are days that I simply have to take my medication and go to sleep. Right. And some people don't get that, but I would say you have to, I mean, I hate to say that, but you absolutely have to put your oxygen mask on and like, listen to those little things because they're there to tell you, Hey, this isn't going well, you know, consider that. And if people aren't happy with the decision you had to make, that's okay too. That's okay. You know, you're not here to please everyone. You've got to stay well. You got to stay well. I feel you on that. Man, we givers, you know, our pleasers just are, I've had to learn that lesson my, my, myself the hard way, right? Just burning myself out, burning it at both ends and, and really not serving anybody by doing that. So I love that nugget. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, gosh. So, Nikki, I just really value you and your authenticity and who you are. 
on the planet. I just think your courage and your ability to show up and just be you, just be you. You're, you're so beautiful and so amazing. And I'm so grateful that you show up. <laughs> you really show up. Thank you. That's, yeah. It means a lot to me. You mean a lot. I, I can't even come up with the words of how much I, my heart just feels like it's exploding right now thinking about you and how mm. awesome I think you are. So love you. Love you. Love, love you. you. Let's tell our, let's tell our listeners how they can find out more about you. You can find out more about me um, at balanceptdenver.com or at Nikki underscore Doherty on Instagram or M-I-K-K-I. Spell that yeah, out. K-K-I. Yep. And then you can also find us at Nurture. Um, it's visitnurture.com online and then at visitnurture on Instagram. Thank you. Please look up Nikki. Go to Nurture if you're in Denver. And if anybody wants to start a support group for uh, people with bipolar disorder, let's make that happen. We love to manifest and generate that, right, Nikki? Yeah, it would be amazing. Yeah, I'm in the midst of it right now. So oh, that would be fabulous. That's yeah. so good. I know our listeners are going to want to plug in. On our next show, we have the amazing Dr. Sally Spencer Thomas. Dr. Thomas is an expert in suicide and suicide ideology, and she will be sharing her wisdom and resources with us on the next New You Network for Empowering Women podcast. It is my joy to showcase the voices, choices, and stories of women and the messy details of life's journey. As you've experienced, my guests are thriving with purpose and authenticity, but that does not mean that their life is easy and without challenges. I've dedicated my life to you and your journey. Thank you for listening to New You, Network for Empowering Women podcast. Please subscribe and learn more at christybells.com forward slash new podcast.